Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on a second. Is he dead? Okay, yeah. Double tap. What do you guys want to talk about today? Oh, man. See, are we just winging it? Yeah, wait. So we're not recording yet. We no, do. Okay. No, maybe we're recording. It, maybe we're not. There's like a, a sign that says the be- on air. Well, let's see. The beauty <laughs> of this. The beauty of this is that we really never know when we start. It just sort of happens. Only like, I know when it. Starts. Aaron is Aaron is the master of all of these things. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's sworn to secrecy. <laughs> we have no idea when or when or when we're not. What recording. kind of embarrassing things I might have included? <laughs> so yes, he can yes. exploit us if he wants. Yeah, to. I can. Yeah, I can one hundred percent. Is there like, like a disclaimer I have to sign? If I were to get blackmailed by Aaron, like I wouldn't I can be cut your sentence. I just throw myself out there so much. No, he's gonna destroy my career. I mean, you know, like it I'm already it probably wouldn't make it sound. <laughs> yeah, very you're good, already you But it would be one of those like I do not like pizza or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> but it would just be like a word from a different, completely different sentences that you say. You know, <laughs> nice. You mean like one of those deep fakes? Yeah. Where they put all this stuff together? Yeah. Those things scare the hell out of me. To I be love those honest. ones where like they have one podcaster interviewing himself and then they have this stupid conversation. It's like, oh, so you just smoke go marijuana. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, it's like well, it wasn't the best decision. You, you probably shouldn't go through with that. <laughs> but it's like a completely different out of context clip, but they're having a conversation with yeah. each other. But it's the same guy, that. right? Of course it is, yeah. It's a lot of work, but I mean, have you seen those videos where they'll make like Obama sing a song by cutting out different words yeah. From, yeah. Oh, yeah. from all the speeches? The scary ones that I've seen are just when they have like a really good deep fake and they'll have somebody, uh, they'll have like a well-known person like make a speech that's really awful. They've done a few. You mean with, like the video ones? Yeah, they've done a few with like a, tr- with a Trump type voice. It'll oh, yeah. read some really uh, like politically damning thing. That's why it's getting oh. weird, dude. Like some of those deep fakes are pretty convincing so even using the argue that it's doctored yeah that's that's pretty difficult yeah sure yeah want to grab me one of the two brothers that i also had thanks dog what are you gonna talk about i don't remember what were you talking about before this up there when we were up there no 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 just like we were, we were shooting we were doing something right here what happened to us what we talk hey oh oh Ooh. Hey, we're not going back there. I don't want to remember those days. Welcome to episode 23 of the Actually Nothing podcast. Starring. That's usually the go-to for when they know that we actually started. This episode's starring new characters. This episode's starring Bunsen Burner, Milk Dud, Lugnut, and the newest edition, TurboTax. TurboTax. For whoever is listening, we have new boy on the show. One of our other boys, Jordan. Coming back from four years in the service. Coming back, yes. This is your first time on the podcast, so welcome. Thank you. Do you have any, like... Do you have any <laughs> you s- sound so sad. You make it sound like we're holding you at gunpoint, dude. Do you have any, like, ceremonious words you'd like to say to, as you're being introduced? Um, glad to be here. I... Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Not one of these ones. <laughs> glad to be here. Could you give us some more enthusiasm? Well, we want a good take. I'm so glad I'm here. Uh, I said good, it. not Valley Girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm so glad. I can't to believe I did, li- that you I did let live, me on live in the Valley podcast. for like four at three, at three years. You need, man, if, well, well if you're gonna it. if you're gonna do Valley, you're gonna have to introduce a little bit more vocal fry. Oh my God! Please follow me at, at Jordan Military <laughs> and subscribe to my OnlyFans at Jordan the Big. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that really hit really me. Know. That really hit me quite late. <laughs> you don't have one of those, do you? What? We could we no. could link it if you wanted. No, yeah, I we, don't we have plug one all of our stuff an, in we'll this. We'll make you an OnlyFans. And then <laughs> I don't on. have one of those. And, and all Jordan, you don't have any uh, inconspicuous places to put a hidden camera in your room, do you? <laughs> all the photos that we <laughs> put really. on there are just really bad photoshops of your face on like random male model bodies i would say random female model okay bodies. yeah even better <laughs> we'll photoshop you on female models and then get, make it your only fans page awesome. yeah see this is just another quarantine hobby that you can pick up as good photoshop right mm. yes yeah right Which we should denote since i don't remember if we said it but the last time we recorded was, was back in march yeah pre-quarantine mm. and i don't know if you guys listened to it but i did a while ago and like the conversations that we were having about what we thought was gonna happen Versus now, just in the span of like what four months, five months. Yeah, we could talk about it's. That, it's yeah. not like wildly different. I think we hit the nail on the head. Like we had pretty good insight as to what was going to happen, and a lot of it 
I think we were pretty dead on about. Yeah. But now that well, we're like George the, Floyd thing, you probably didn't know about that. Yeah. That's well, I mean, I mean, what are we going to do with that? Like make some wild prediction about that? Like, yeah, that's well, insane though. It's like a huge thing. That yeah. Obviously you wouldn't know about it. Well, that is one of the crazy. most like tumultuous things to happen, Definitely. you know, but we can talk about that. I mean, just as a brief aside before that, we were kind of just predicting how's the quarantine going to go? How do we think it's going to affect businesses and our personal life? Now that we're this far into it, we definitely didn't think that it was going to be this big yeah. and have such a cascading effect into different aspects of our lives. Dan just said the George Floyd protests and all that stuff. So, yeah. did you guys, what did you guys predict for like the economy? Like, it would go straight down or? I figured that it was going to recover because it always does eventually, but I didn't know how fast. Dude, it like immediately recovered. It's crazy. Yeah. Almost to the point where like it wasn't even noticeable. Um, but like, this is still considered the first wave, right? So if a second one comes by again, who knows what'll happen? Because mm, some, some I've been reading a little bit about it because I've been putting like some money aside for it because it's now's a good time to buy since everything was like pretty low mm. or like prior, like when everything was really low. But some people have been talking about how if a second crash comes, if everything has to get shut down again, like us being in the US, our cases are still on the rise and they're actually worse than pre-quarantine numbers. And if it keeps going that way, and it causes a second shutdown, the crash could be like even worse than the first one. So I'm, I'm not speaking doomsday, but I'm just saying this is like some stuff that I've heard. And I don't know, take your financial analysis with a grain of salt, like everything else. But yeah, post first wave, all you're seeing is stonks going up, man. Wall Street bets. Yeah, because That's crazy. Well, yeah, because based on the speculative nature of the stock exchange, like as soon as as soon as we saw some semblance of hope, it was like, OK, everything's boosting again. Mm-hmm. But like. I think that when we were talking about quarantine and the coronavirus right before it hell happened, we were all talking about it like as the stock market was crashing, right? We were we were getting right into that. And so we were talking even about like, you know, now is a good time to buy. Now is a good time to get everything in order, like throw all your money into an account and then just watch it, you know? And so like th- this is a really weird time, I think just because... We didn't expect it to go. You said scale. I think just like the time, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know how many of us were expecting this long of a quarantine, no, right? You no, know, I, I think I think in my heart of hearts, I believed quarantine to go up until June. I thought that we were going to be out of it by June. And and to think that, you know, this could go on until next year yeah. is the craziest thing, you know, just that, you know, all of the mandates about masks, all of the capacity rules will just be completely like different than they were. I mean, when we've seen just like countless businesses go out as well, so it's it's pretty insane just what's happening. Yeah, yeah, restaurants are shutting down, and you know, a lot of people had to get laid off because of that. Yeah, and like, I just don't think I expected this long of a time to be out, and then especially with schools too. You know, oh, yeah. the argument yeah. that I heard with schools is like you don't want to shut down schools, especially state schools, because a lot of revenue comes from there, and like you're going to be losing out on a lot of cash if people a don't go to school or they defer right yeah so it's a pretty like insane thing to happen like that that this quarantine could last up until the new school year mm-hmm. remember because when we were doing when we were having this conversation previ- in previous months this was at a time when schools were going to go online and we were just like okay we can weather an online semester yeah. but now it's become like an online half year of school mm-hmm. right yeah i don't know like do you want to do round two of predictions Kind of keep that going. I say let's keep our round two predictions for the. Let's end on that. Yeah. After we get all this discussion about like what's happened so yeah. far out of the way. But yeah, that's a that's something that I'd like to talk about because. Okay. Some of my friends that are still in school, they like don't know how it's gonna go. So that that'll be something weird to talk about. I mean, luckily for us, we're all out of it now, so yeah. we, we kind of dodged a bullet on. Yeah, the we, working we, too. We yeah. really dodged the bullet. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. You know, and working in like scenarios that still offer us work, right? Yeah. I yeah. think that's one of the most fortunate things that we've got is like all of us are still working. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, none of us got laid off during this process, so I think we're really fortunate yeah. in that. Remember yeah, how definitely. I talked about my entire life being one large series of fortunate ass pulls? Well, yeah. <laughs> Here's, here's chapter 25 of my life. Hey, where he's coming on 26, I, though. I got too. my job like a couple months before quarantine hit, and now that I've still had it, like, wow, what good timing on that. You know? Has it been a big impact on your work, the whole quarantine? Not thing? really. We can talk about that, like how it's affected work for us. Mm-hmm. For me, yeah. the first three months of quarantine were all remote. For me, my job can be done all from home pretty much. So personally, I'm hoping... 
This will shed some light on the workforce. I think we talked about this on the last one too, how we hope that this can kind of transform the working culture in the U.S. or just yes, like everywhere right. around the world where hopefully employers will see that a lot of these jobs that they have people coming into the office for can be done remotely. Mm. And it's just a convenience for the workers. And I mean, obviously there are trade-offs as such like not being able to speak to your coworkers as quickly or, or in person or yeah. in person. Some people suffer from laziness and aren't as productive as if they're left to their own devices at home mm. and being in an office setting will like spur more productivity. So there's arguments for both sides, but in general, I'd like to see a change in the working culture everywhere just to give people more freedom into, you know, how they want their work day to go about. Cause personally, I really like working from home. I'm, kind of on the other end of the productivity where I actually feel more productive at home than at work. Yeah. Because at work, I kind of tend to like drone off and kind of daydream a little bit because I get kind of bored. I don't know. But like being at home, if I want to just go for like a quick walk to rejuvenate my mind or like get a snack or something, I can just go ahead and do that and be up to speed again. It's all there. I know? think that's one of the most telling things about uh, about working from home. Like when, if you can work from home and you thrive in that environment, I think it's primarily because you're not trapped in an office space, mm. you know, and, and there's the double effect if you're not driving to work. I think that really driving and traveling to work has a really big just effect on your mental state and on how you work. I know that when I'm not driving to work, I actually feel like, you know, I, I get more things done and I'm better at managing more things just because I don't have to factor in that extra 35 or 40 minutes to drive to work mm -hmm. when I have to go, you know? And, and so that's the same with like my dad too. He hasn't had to go into work and he's not slated to go back into work until late August. And so for him, it's normally like a really early rise, drive 35 minutes to work and work and then come back. And so now that he doesn't have to do that, he feels like now I can actually do some more work because I'm not pressured to get into the office at a certain time. I can, I can push my deadlines as much as I want. And then also a really odd thing with him as a case study is just like since working at home, he's felt more obliged and more able to do bigger projects like, you know, take on more responsibility and then work even different hours, maybe even into the evening where he normally wouldn't work. Yeah. And so like for some industries, we're seeing how this actually could spur productivity when people are working from home and then not spending money on gas, not spending time on, on the road not spending time on like around like in an antisocial activity that's like driving mm -hmm. right where everyone is against each other and you're trying to fight for position yeah. you know i think like driving really gets an under uh an understudied or underanalyzed facet of our lives as working adults you know yeah mm -hmm. the other thing too is i think that when working in a product in a space like that you bring up the idea of you know you won't be able to talk to people quite as quickly i actually think that when you're in this scenario if you're on call and you're at home, you really should just be able to pick up the phone like it's nothing. Like mm -hmm. you should be there all the time for anything that no would normally happen during your workday, you know? And, and so like, for instance, Kelby's dad has been uh, experiencing that with some people where like some people, they want to keep working and they want to keep doing things, but then they won't pick up their phone at home. And it's like, bro, if you, you have a job now, you, you still have your job and you're still working and you're not able to pick up your phone, you should be there ready to take work because this isn't easy for anyone. And like, Honestly, having the work is by itself like super fortunate. Mm -hmm. The other thing too about like if you're not able to complete tasks or you're lazy, that's kind of, that's on you, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, like if you're not able to complete tasks in your own home, that doesn't really speak well to your character. Mm. And so maybe this is kind of a harsh way of looking at it. But like if you're at home and you don't complete tasks because you're just not doing them, that for me signifies like maybe you just shouldn't have the job, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. like, to be completely honest about it, and I'm not heartless when it comes to that, but like you're paid to do something and being uh, at home and on, on the job shouldn't give you like some sort of uh, like excuse to not do things, yeah. right? The one thing I think about is like <clears throat> person to person communication. Mm -hmm. So you're saying like if you're at home, you should be able to be available, you should be able to work with people. But also I think being able to work with the boss or having those person to person relationships can be motivating yeah so they if you're can motivating be. yeah to work with somebody it's like you see them you talk to them you build that relationship with them it's harder to do that over a computer that mm -hmm. is very true so not being able to do that on computer versus face-to-face -face, like it could have its own dynamic so yeah that's a, on the other side of the spectrum for productivity
that's pretty fair. I would say, especially with like how email works and texting, it's like there's so many ways of interpreting a text or interpreting an email <laughs> incorrectly. I don't know. Have you ever read an email and you're like, oh man, this is so yeah, you know, the proper context. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. like, oh my god, this is so serious. What are what are they mad at me? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's but how like humans yeah, are built, person to person interaction. Yeah. Like yeah, that's oh, our yeah, history, community based. Mm-hmm. Dude, like for my mom, whenever she texts me, she always adds an ellipses at the end of her sentence. <laughs> oh my god, I hate so that. So I can't tell if she's mad at me or not. For sometimes she'll just be like. Do you want food? <laughs> dot dot dot, and I'll be like, uh, "Yes." Can you just get my normal? And then she'll say, "Okay." Dot dot dot. So it's like, are you mad at me asking or what? I don't know. I think I, it's, I figured it out. It's just like the way she texts. But I think I you know. should respond to her with even longer ellipses every time, <laughs> and then see if she plays into it and see how long your ellipses can go. That's, funny. That's how I feel about people who, when, when you text them and they end with a period. Ooh. You ever get that? And people just will be like, a "Period." Yeah. Well, they'll, yeah. they'll go. Okay, period. Oh, okay. That period is so much more than just a end well, sentence, yeah. if right? It's, if it's a one-word sentence with a period, then it sounds kind of damning. Right? Yeah, I get that. You, orbit, usually, orbit. yeah, people are mad. Like, you want them to let them know that, yeah, I'm... I'm I got beef with you or something. Dude. Yeah, right? Isn't that just kind of an unspoken email rule? Like, when you... <laughs> and you generally, when I send emails, it's always... I want to end everything with an exclamation point because I want everyone to know I'm so excited excited. about their dumb shit. I I do that when I send emails Mm -hmm. out. Hey, thanks for asking. You know know it's not a real Thanks for your question. I'd love to help. Do you think there needs to be a new punctuation that's like kind of happier than a period but not quite as happy as an exclamation point? So are we saying like a legitimate thing that's not an emoji? (laughs) Yeah, it's just like now it'll now become a part of grammar. Maybe it should be an exclamation point, but rotate it like sideways, like like horizontally. <laughs> Wait, so kind of like a dot dash, yeah, like, like a, a dot dash, like a Morse code, yeah, yeah, upside like, down like, exclamation like, point. It's a half mast exclamation mark. Oh, oh yeah, I like ooh. the I like the angled one. Yeah, there you go. Something like that. It's like I don't want you to think that I'm super overzealous, but like I'm better than normal. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah, do this that. is this is us just diluting emojis down into like small things now. Well, I mean, I have a belief that eventually we'll stop using words and everything will just be emojis. Ooh, I believe in that. Yep. You know about the emoji text translators, right? That's no. a real job now. Like, what? yeah, you can get hired as an emoji text translator. In what, what industry? How do, business industry? Wait, how does what that are they translating really? it from? Emojis to language. But what, what context would you need to translate an emoji? I don't know, man. Like person-to-person oh, okay. person person <laughs> stuff. It's not you're like sending... Are you analyzing text messages between people? Like, yeah, and you're looking at the emojis F- and you're going, okay. FBI style or, or like, analyzing you know I mean? I mean, I don't personal think, text messages. I don't message. think you're sending like, you know, personal text messages to like a VP of a company with emojis. In, you <laughs> know? Not yet. Poopy, anyways. smiley, <laughs> angry. Poopy, smiley. <laughs> Imagine if you know in school you're gonna have you're gonna have to like write papers three emojis. <laughs> That's one of my most like enjoyable uh, topics of thinking is just like what are we gonna have to learn about in school in the future? Mm. And like definitely for sociologists, emojis as <laughs> as they affect language is a huge deal. Well, there are some schools that are teaching online etiquette. Really? I don't think it's very mm. widespread yet. So what is that, like a one-hour course? I have no idea. I don't know how, how early they're teaching online? it either. Yeah, I don't know if they're teaching it as early as like elementary school or whatever, but I know that some places are teaching online etiquette because it's such an ingrained part of everyone's lives, Yeah, especially since everyone's yeah. got smartphones now, including kids, mm. and if they're just browsing social media or whatever... It's you pretty know, valuable like, to know the yeah, skills especially and now the social skills needed to... Kids need to know yeah. that if they want to... They need to understand that one like equals one prayer. <laughs> and that, <laughs> and that if, you, if you don't like it, it's basically letting Satan do it. You yeah. know? Like, Are you really going to scroll past without liking this picture of a puppy? <laughs> or if you don't, or, it'll die. Or it's a picture of Jesus. And he goes, only true followers were like and share. Will you let Satan get his hands on this post? <laughs> Yeah, Satan's gonna do it through the internet, stranger. Thank you. <laughs> yes. I can kind of see that being dangerous, though. Like, internet etiquette for young kids, because you don't know what they're gonna search online. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more like a precautionary course, showing them like, here's what you should keep an eye out for. I don't think it's teaching them. Well, I can't speak for it because I'm not the person. <laughs> who's yeah, I was gonna course. say, do you have any like uh, substantive <laughs> like history taking a course like this? No. 
but what, if what's I, included? If I were to teach them, I would teach them download an ad blocker. Okay. Um, download the downloader. Use a VPN. <laughs> Install the And update. if you're looking anything up that's kind of raunchy or different, use incognito mode. <laughs> <laughs> Even that's like, you know. Uh, it's common sense. Are you sense, like an Apple shell? <laughs> you know, incognito mode. Oh, sorry. Uh, I don't know. What's the other terms? Private browser You could do that. Yeah, sure. Hey, okay. I, I'm a DuckDuckGo fan. Okay. What's up? What was the Apple one? Apple? Apple's incognito mode. It's also okay. Safari yeah. then, right? Yeah, it's Safari. I'm telling you, just use DuckDuckGo. Although I, I haven't Google kept up with DuckDuckGo's DuckDuckGo. Chrome? DuckDo. Chrome, yeah. Chrome has it. Okay. Yeah, but Chrome is taking all of your information regardless. Chrome just uses a lot of RAM. Mm. Yeah, it yeah. does. Anyways, what were we talking about before? Before we tangent, I don't don't remember. Welcome to the essence of the podcast where literally everything has a strong tangent. Yeah. You know? Whatever. We already said this episode is like uh, catching up. It's a bit of an improvisatory episode. Oh, we were talking about the implications of Corona in our future predictions. So here's, here's uh, here's where this kind of applies heavily school. And for instance, you know, for instance, people who uh, deal with online school. And how that affects, you know, you were talking about person-to-person interaction. Mm-hmm. I think that heavily affects schooling, yeah. especially where, um, you know, people like young freshmen who are, are you okay? While you're drinking, while I was drinking, I was also looking directly at Jordan's eyes. <laughs> it looked really awkward. That's kind of intimate, isn't it? it kind of hurt. <laughs> Jordan's cracking up. <laughs> Ow. <laughs> uh, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> I got hiccups now. <laughs> so, so you looked into Jordan's eyes while you hiccup and drink, drank a beer. Yeah, dude, we you can't guys... have that outside of quarantine. You know, that's like we don't have that person-person interaction. Yet. You're right. Yeah, you couldn't. You couldn't that. have that in Everybody the office. Works, you can't drink a beer. This at least six feet apart. Yeah, and we're wearing masks. Yeah. So I just think that that was a really intimate moment <laughs> that you and Jordan shared a bond that we will never have. It was painful. Painful. <laughs> I Dude, heard my, the noise. My voice is cracking all over the place too. I heard the noise Jeez. and he's like this, like... <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry, continue. So, so, okay, I was saying that, you know, not having that person-to-person interaction, especially for young freshmen or for people who really depend on, you know, learning styles that's direct person to person, like authority like visual teacher. learners and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, well, yeah, people who, who really thrive in environments where you have a like, teacher or student, you know, that mm-hmm. authority, like, relationship. It's a lot harder to do everything like that over, over Zoom, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think the biggest examples are, like, Katya and Kelby. Like, Katya is not going to school this semester. Like, she's enrolled, but she's not going to be present in campus. And so I'm just, you know, thinking about how like our freshman years or how our like really formative years of college are completely formed by those like relationships you make early on, right? Those interactions that you have early in your collegiate career, like kind of, they have a wide ranging effect on your future. I remember during my college orientation, they said orientation buddies for life. And I still talk to my orientation buddies. Oh, there you go. Orientation buddies for life. Stuck with it. Let's go. Like, I I, I couldn't imagine staying in your dorm the entire year for a class like that would just suck Ooh. yeah it just but like ass. even even outside of the classroom just thinking about the social implications of being isolated from all of your peers and if you were on campus at your dorm if you couldn't all actually go around and hang out with each other that would totally destroy some aspects of your social life and yeah. it really short circuits like any meaningful relationships that you could build through person-to-person contact mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like i'm not saying that it's impossible to build a personable and intimate relationships with people yeah. over the internet or things like that but i, I definitely will say that it's harder mm-hmm. right sure. like you don't have the same uh you don't have the same sort of spontaneity that you have with conversation or with those shared moments together mm-hmm. you know like we've had those moments where something is completely nonverbal but it's amazing right it's hilarious or something like that and it's mm-hmm. all nonverbal that's something you get just from being in a situation like this and from coexisting with people you know, and so people will be losing out on those experiences just because of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why, on one hand, I can understand why so many people are upset about some classes being forced to be online the entire year, at least in terms of college, because it does destroy those social aspects of your life at essentially what we were saying, the most important formative parts of your collegiate career at the beginning, you know, where you're going to be meeting all the other people that could potentially be there with you for the next three, four years while you're at college, right? But at the other hand, it's like, you're also risking coronavirus, you know? So 
it's a balancing act, which personally I'm curious as to see how it's going to play out. I think maybe some colleges are going to like have to bite the bullet and just either not have a year. I, I doubt that that's going to happen for some places because a lot of them are just completely profit driven at the end of the day, mm. which is another whole issue. Some people are really upset that they're charging full tuition for these online class semesters or years, yeah, which I also which... get. I've seen some receipts for some people enrolling in college and they're like, it'll be X amount for tuition, but then X amount for like lab and equipment and stuff. But it's like, you're, you're not, not going, you're there, not yeah. going to in-person class. So so you're not using that, right? Taking use of it. Yeah. yeah so I, I totally understand where those people are coming from when they say it's bullshit that they're getting charged extra or like regular base tuition when they're not even able to use half the facilities or equipment that you'd normally be able to use in a regular situation. All those things need to be maintained and people still need to be paid. Like facilities managers need to be paid and janitorial staff has to be paid to upkeep all the things. But also like when you're not using those things, I think it definitely just, it, uh, it kind of makes you feel cheated in a way, you know, like you're not getting, you're not getting that experience, that hands-on experience that you pay to have, right? Yeah. Mm. Even um, during regular season, you feel cheated with college tuition. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> you do. That's where I kind of feel that's really duplicitous on a collegiate part. Like you're going to charge students all this money, the same amount of tuition that it would, uh, that you would have normally, which for me, it kind of implies that the paper, you know, you're paying more for like what the college tells about you after you graduate, you know? And so that's kind of, that seems to be on the, like, on the bill at that point. And for me, like, this is, this is interesting. Like, you know, you, they, they're making the same amount of money that they would normally make on kids paying tuition. So I don't really get, like, you take that money and you would, and you take the funds that would normally get devoted towards, like, student activity, student life, and allocate some of those funds towards, like, either taking on additional staff to teach more courses. And all of these might, they might give different logistical problems, but I don't understand why they couldn't at least be tried. You know, you hire on more staff to teach different sections and you offer more sections that just have a lower class capacity, you know, because then, then you can at least moderate how many people get into a class and then you can control the distancing within the class, right? And so, for me, it just seems to be like they're dumping over possible conclusions and possible solutions to these issues, and instead are just opting for the easy way, which is everyone stays home and we just zoom it, you know? Yeah. And we still make the same amount of money. It's, yeah, like it's a ripoff. Partially greed on their it's part. It's always a ripoff. Yeah. <laughs> it's a ripoff. Yeah, right? Like uh, That's why I feel the way I feel, that like at the end of the day you pay for this piece of paper with a name stamped on it and that gets you your job, right? Like, yep. <laughs> basically basically that. Because people see like, oh, you went to such and such university, you must be well, like, well equipped to do our work that we think is super important, right? And so especially for out of, right out of undergrad, it's a really big deal, right? Like having the name almost helps you more than it would if you were coming out of graduate school. Mm. But I guess one thing in the student's favor and the one thing that I've heard from some of my pharmacy school buddies that are in their last year mm-hmm. is that, it's cheat central, man. It's so easy to cheat on these online courses. They're just able to like message each other and then get all these um, answers and everything. Which is kind of like kind of fucked if, you, if you're. It is me, fucked because, up. Yeah. Well, because then you have people who are going through the rigors of an of an academic process who aren't really going through the rigors, right? Well, that's a benefit on the students' end. I, I guess, guess on the other side, yeah. but it's still so. messed up. It's not like the right yeah. way to do it. That's a really heavy debate about whether or not. Because this kind of follows for me logically into pass or fail grading versus traditional grading processes, right? Because really, you know, not everyone can do all these same things and not everyone has good internet or like a computer they can use or space to learn. And then there's even like you have the problem of uh, the poor international students who have to like wake up for class at three in the morning because that's when it's held you know yeah so like so there's a lot of issue with that but for me it it also just it runs the issue of you now have a lot of trouble with accurately testing certain people who are going to go into professional fields and then also taking away the aspect of competition that's you know second nature to to some institutions in some degrees right Mm -hmm. you know because now on a pass fail setting there's not really much incentive like if you know your shit well enough you're not going to fail you know, you might on a regular grading scale pick up a C, but like you won't fail, yeah. right? And so what that really doesn't do very much for students who achieve and who are go over the necessary uh, needs. Above and beyond. Yeah, above and beyond to succeed in a position like that, right? Or for institutions that really require class rank to be a huge deal, right? Mm. And so it, it shortchanges that. And 
you know, a lot of people have views about that on how it reflects equality and all these sort of things and equity. But I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, we have to talk about these things separately and try to compromise them in any sort of such way rather than just illicitly like label something one or the other, right? But so that's like one of the issues that we ran into that Kelby and I ran into with law school, just like how when you go pass fail, law school is, you know, really heavily dependent on class rank, especially for jobs. Is and it really? Yeah. Like they record that stuff and then you like you're able to show that off in your resume. So to kind of give you an example of it, your first semester of law school, the grades you make that first semester affect your entire career after that. Mm. Like they affect where you get your first summer internship. They affect your class rank, which also affects where you get a job after law school. Oh, that blows. Mm-hmm. So it's really heavy on the class rank. And so for institutions like that, if you work really hard and then it, it inevitably just everyone becomes equal under the gray pass fail, then for some students, it really doesn't work to their benefit, mm. you know. But then that t- you get into conversations about whether or not a utilitarian approach to school would be better for most students and whether or not the, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And I don't really want to get into that right now. <laughs> that's, a, <laughs> that's, that's a huge right? conversation. Manual yeah. Kant philosophy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah with utilitarianism. Ooh. What else can we talk about that? Had... We can talk about the massive facial hair gains we make. Hell yeah. That's, <laughs> Hell that's yeah, another dude. big thing. Yeah. We discovered a bunch of uh, body features. <laughs> and just all the dumb <laughs> things that you get to do over quarantine. Right? Yeah, I wore like the same pair of clothes for like four days in a row. Oh, hey. right. <laughs> no shower in between. Facial hair is true, dude. I took a two-week progress picture. So every two weeks that I started from growing out my beard, I'd see how it progressed. Mm. And I made it like three and a half months before I had to go back to work. So I learned that I can grow a beard. And now I have like some stubble so I can kind of like do a five o'clock shadow. Hey. Which is kind of cool. Which is kind of weird that it only just happened recently. I don't know. Now that I know what I look like with a beard, I don't have to question it or try to do it while I have other important things going on. So that's cool. Yeah. Did anyone learn any like new skills while you guys are in quarantine? I don't think I really learned any new skills, but it gave me a lot of time to catch up on a backlog of shows and games that I had. Mm. I'm still kind of doing that. Like since we've had more time at home, there are a lot of like shows and things that I was like, uh, I'll get to it eventually. And now that I do have some time, I can put some towards that and start catching up on it, which is nice because normally my backlog of shows and games just continues to grow and grow and grow, but I I'm actually cutting down on it a little bit, which is nice, nice for me. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that was one of the main issues that I ran into is like, it's so easy now to just go like, all right, I'm done with work. I can go 10 feet and watch a TV show. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, did you have a separate space for your working and your entertainment? See, I like that idea. But yeah, because so, I hear like people, they have like a separate laptop, separate computer for their yeah. work and separate for their gaming sense. and their I'm entertainment. I'm not so privileged to have two working laptops. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, so generally when I would do any of my studying, it would be in one room. My paid work would be in another room. Mm. And so, and yeah, then, that's good. At least yeah. you have a room separation. Yeah, and then any of my enjoyment would be in a separate space as well. Yeah. You know? You can't I, make some. That's the thing. No, yeah. I definitely subscribe to the notion of like, don't work where you sleep because oh. yeah well so don't work where you sleep meaning like don't work in bed because you go to bed to relax to sleep mm-hmm. to do things that don't require work and i think that when you're in bed and you're working you're just setting yourself up to uh like get sleepy <laughs> and <laughs> you associate that space with sleeping so it'll affect working yeah mm-hmm. work is work man keep yeah, it separate exactly exactly and so that's why it's good to have like I like to have designated areas for things like that. Like when you're working, stay in one place, you know? This is this is the work area, right? And then this is my sleep and browse area. Makes sense. <laughs> the other big thing about that is uh, I think that everyone can attest to an increase in scrolling time now that we have lots of time on our hands outside of things. Like time that you, you could spend going out or being outside or like on your weekends, you're kind of stuck. Oh, you started running though. Yeah, I did start running. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's like a personal thing. Like running for me was just a way to not scroll. <laughs> it was enabled by the quarantine, I would say. I think so. I definitely think that the quarantine being a thing allowed me more time to go on runs and more time to dedicate to like the act of finding a, a good pace and a good mentality with running. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, you know, running wasn't my favorite thing to do. And in fact, I was really reluctant to get into it for when the quarantine first started, but kind of just like like conditioning yourself to think of it in a more positive light. That's probably the most 
beneficial thing that I've gotten out of quarantine is just uh, yeah, being running. able to run. Yeah, because you made a huge difference, man. I didn't recognize you at first when I first saw you in Indiana. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, dude, because no, you were like go. 15 pounds chubbier. You were clean shaven. And then like after quarantine, it was like, whoa, JP's a beast now. <laughs> it's like, who's this skinny boy with a mustache? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. I'm still not going to go to the gym. Some of them are opening up now. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Even after everything opens up, if it gets to like phase five or whatever, yeah. I probably won't go for another at least like two to three months after everything is out? like 100 percent okay yeah so what have, have you, you been at home yeah yeah we have some free weights at home that i've been kind of just doing alternative workouts Alter what did i say like alternative that? workouts I, huh? i've been i've been finding like other <laughs> workouts to do with not having all the equipment that i usually use which kind of sucks because on one hand i can't lift as heavy because i don't have the gear to do it yeah like i haven't benched in since i don't know whenever the last time i went to the gym is so who knows how much I can do now. But on the other hand, like I started picking up biking. So that's kind of yeah, nice. Biking. I've gone through a bunch of different trails and like it's nice being outside. Yeah, I hit for bushy a woods, man. Probably. Um, Dude, if you want to. It's nice and paved now. Yeah. He's going to drive all the way up here just to run. I don't know. When I I, if that. I move out around here, if I'm close enough, maybe I'll Ooh. go down there. But yeah, I don't know. My exercise regime has definitely changed. It's different. And I still wish I could go to the gym because I've been itching to go like boxing and stuff again. Mm. But I mean, like, I can't do that at home. So. Yeah, it seems like more workouts are more towards cardio now because it's these quarantine. Yeah, you can good. actually go outside. Summer's cutting season, so yeah. that's right. It yeah. is. It's been the prime cutting season mm -hmm. because of that too. If you're cut now, I'm still cutting. Yeah. <laughs> but How I mean, much were you? How much weight did you lose? I think I lost like 20 pounds. Yeah, it's two, 200 huge. to 180. That's, good. that's huge. That's good. Yeah, that's a big difference. I had a friend who had a really big difference. He went, I think he lost 60 pounds. Oof. Yeah, he, he just did running. Well, not just running. He started off the year without drinking. And we were just like, whoa. And so he has, he's gone the entire year without any alcohol. And then he's been just like on a really good diet and then just running. Mm. And he's been doing really well go. because of it. And so like this was the time to kind of focus in on that sort of thing. You know, it's like I think quarantine allowed for focusing on bad habits you know, if you had bad habits, like this was also a time where you could exacerbate them. But also it was a good time to practice good habits too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I, I definitely feel that my like the scrolling I do is a little much and I really need to, I want to cut down. But then like being able to go like run more often and develop that sort of nice mentality has been helpful. Or even for you, like biking too, like really develops a good mentality or a good habit that you can take now into the future, yeah. right? Like were you a heavy biker before this? No, not at all. Yeah, and so now it's like basically out of necessity. Like, what the hell are you going to do all day? Yeah, might as well go bike, right? <laughs> yeah, like, it's like the only cardio I can do now. So I don't like to. Well, I kind of can't run too much because of my knee. But mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. But so like, I guess like picking up kind of cool hobbies has been like the character of quarantine. Yeah. Right. Wait. So Just have you the outdoor have, hobbies? Have you picked up any like hobbies that you know outdoor or indoor over the course of these few months? Jordan asked that. I personally haven't, but I said that. I was starting to catch up on my backlog of shows and that's games. That's right. That's right. Mm. I think I picked up cooking. Like I've always been a like a good cook, but this. All right, don't like, need to. <laughs> I think I'm a good cook. You brag about. It. Yeah, I think, I think you're in the way. I'm, I'm leveling up my. I'm leveling up my cooking level now. I want to go for the cape now. Ooh, you know oh, the apron. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you wear you wear the cape in front. Of but it's just, like, it's just like all the things you'd normally do. All the things you'd normally do to like express yourself like. You, like some people would go out and have fun, do that, but now you're stuck inside, and so like, why not just kind of get weird with cooking, kind of mess around? And yeah, I, I understand I love that, that. Weird I under with cooking. Weird with cooking, and I and I kind of understand that's a privileged place to say that from because like not everyone can go to the store and get like kind of mess around with food. You know, some people really depend on certain foods all the time. But like, I've been in this position where I think like, yeah, I, I can do this right now. I I've been looking up more things about how to cook mm. like what cool things i can try out with cooking and because we're at home and you can just monitor all your food mm. so like all the things that normally would take like eight hours to cook you know if you want to make like a nice braised short rib you know it Ooh. takes a long time mm. to make but now you can kind of sit at home and be like oh i gotta do this juicy work but i can, can pop a juice <laughs> I want to shout out to Juicy Sirloin. Not on this episode, but Not next week. Next, next week's week, episode coming in hot. Juicy Sirloin. <laughs> but yeah, you can pop over to the oven, go, huh, this is good, and then pop back to work. There you go. Yeah, nice. there you go. Speaking of good habits, this can roll into another conversation about the other stuff that's gone on during quarantine. 
but of course, people are constantly browsing the news to see what the most recent updates are on. We can get into stuff like the riots and the protests in a little bit. But for me personally, I have kind of acknowledged that I tend to read up on the news and I realize that the news isn't always a positive thing. Mm -hmm. Like before this, I also had realized that a lot of times on the news, like TV news, they'll show just like negative stuff. They don't really acknowledge good, good things happening. Like nobody goes and says, oh, the local fireman saved... That's uh, the morning a lady's news. cat. Yeah, they only do it in the early right? morning. Yeah, because <laughs> that's not what gets the clicks or the views, right? Mm. The stuff that attracts people is tragedy. That's why people slow down on the highway when they see a car crash, or if you see like somebody's house on fire, everyone's like, "Well, look at that, right?" But nobody really no bats an eye. Yeah, nobody bats an eye if you help like an old lady across the street or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, but that kind of mentality bleeds into online news or wherever you get your news elsewhere rather than tv as well like for me i browse several different websites and see what news comes in through that and a lot of it of course is covid related or in more recent times of protests and the societal issues that have been going on but for me i've had to take a step back every now and then and limit the news that i take in because i started to realize that if i just constantly read the news and it's all just this sucks stuff is going on that's totally hurting people and it's all garbage and the world is on fire. Like it starts to affect my mood or like my attitude for the day. And if you're just constantly taking in all this negative news, of course you're going to be like pissed off and kind of irritable for the rest of the day or however, how long you're constantly reading this stuff because it's just, there's no positivity that you're getting Mm -hmm. into it. So if I don't read as much stuff or at least limit what I'm taking in, then my mood kind of elevates a little bit. And I'm not saying become ignorant and ignore the news and your mood will just automatically uplift. Like I still acknowledge that all these issues are going on and that there's still work that has to be done to get these things fixed. But I'm just saying don't let the news overtake your life because if that's just what you consume 24-7, then your outlook on life and the events around you will just seem so much more dim and horrible and then you won't have the capacity to acknowledge the better things that are going on in life. Like There's definitely got to be a balance to yeah, it. Yeah, well like, said. There will be smaller victories on your day-to-day occurrence that will be like, oh, this is a bright spot in my day. But if it's overshadowed by all the shit that you're seeing, that everything else around you is garbage, then you won't be as appreciative of it. So uh, my my word of advice to people, especially now, is you know, as much as it's important to stay up to date with what's going on around you, Take some time for yourself and bask in what's around you immediately instead of having to acknowledge everything else that's going on because you as a human can only take so much before you start to break down and become a part of a hive mind, if you will, because that's kind of the current climate with the Facebook and Twitter and everything Mm -hmm. that's just being thrown at us 24-7. So, And on that note, it's also important to look at multiple news sources because mm-hmm. there's a lot of them that are way polarized <laughs> you one are way, just talking about way this. polarized yes. the other way yes <laughs> my mom she's always watching the fox news and cnn it's like those are the two crazy there's things a, yeah my yeah. aunt she comes over she watches cnn and it's like those are so different yeah so it's important to see both of them though it is interesting to see like you may think like fox news oh they're terrible but there is some stuff that maybe is actually helpful and worth knowing about i know that we were talking about same thing with cnn yeah yeah we were some stuff that's worth knowing about we were talking about this earlier today but how important it is to be shown arguments against what you feel Mm. you know right like it's it's important for you to be exposed to those arguments and to feel certain things about those arguments and to think through them because the only way that you ground your foundational beliefs and that you make them stronger is by questioning them, right? Yeah, testing By, them. Through skepticism. Mm. And when you encounter people with differing beliefs than you and differing foundational beliefs, then you're forced to reevaluate what you think in order to either bolster it or abandon it, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, it's, it's honestly very, very important to go through and, and watch everything and to try and figure out or try and get both sides of a singular story because it's so easy to, to skew, especially nowadays when there is so much news and there are so many outlets. It's so easy to just find the group of sources that you like and then have them when they may or may not just offer you a lot of confirmation bias mm-hmm. where you know you think that this is correct and this person's saying it and so they, it has to be correct because I'm seeing it, right? Um, and so like, I think it's definitely in everyone's best interest, even if you don't like Fox News to like, 
you know, check out something that some things that they're doing. And if it turns out that what they're saying still is bullshit, then mm-hmm. I mean, at least you checked. Yep. And at least you're doing your due diligence as a civilian, right? Mm-hmm. And so on that same topic, it's kind of like with so many things out there, like you were saying, it's so easy to become listless. And it's so easy to just be like, I just can't with this anymore. And I'm so depressed. And for me, this leads into two different things. One, you do have to have that sort of balance that Aaron and Dan are talking about with just like, you can't overwhelm yourself with information, but you also like can't allow yourself to be ignorant of it. There's this like balance of hyper-normalization where all the shitty things become normalized and you just become listless to it. Or, and then willful ignorance where everything makes you feel bad so you don't want to look at it, Thank right? You. And so there's a, there's a definite balance to that that's really hard to maintain. And it's, you know, I, I've always considered it kind of like a measure of when you're watching the news, you kind of need to be wary of opinions you know, because everyone's going to slosh their opinion in your face. They're going to be like, this is how you should think about it. When really, they're there to present facts. And maybe they're also there to show agenda so that they have the right people watching their TV shows. But like, as long as you're taking in facts, and then kind of taking the opinions with a grain of salt, you can kind of siphon out some of the bullshit, and some of the things that may or may not be skewed in different ways. It's more about the information than you figure out what you want to do with it. And so... Sometimes it's really it's really useful to get opinions, but then I feel that a lot of times the opinions that people will like, throw at you are just heavily in one direction, and they're just there to they're there to like push an agenda, and so that for me becomes dangerous. The second thing about this is that we're kind of seeing how big mental health plays on the human psyche, especially at a time where, like we talked about, humans are meant to be in communal spaces; they're meant to talk to other people and to be around other people when that isn't possible, that the human psyche kind of breaks into multiple different things, right? And so you compound not being around people with incredibly depressing news all the time. Ooh. And that just makes for like, like an awfully depressed person, right? Yeah. You know, how, how easy is it to just spiral when your world around you is crumbling and you have no one around you, exactly. except for your internet friends who, you know, May not even be the yeah right friends yeah seriously mm-hmm. the, the internet hive mind that keeps you sustained right like I think it's so easy to get lost in multiple directions just because of the circumstance and so like if we're doing shout outs you got to shout out like oh, yeah, taking taking care of yourself you know like <laughs> quick shout out to yeah, like good. doing self care and doing things to make sure that you're happy and to make sure that you're content and to make sure that you know you're going in a direction that will help you right mm-hmm. instead of just getting lost in the the drone of everything else. One thing I wanted to ask was about Jordan and your military experience. How would they feed news to you? Like, would you be able to consume it at your own like discretion? Like you had a laptop, you were able to look at news, but like, did the military provide you with some news? Yeah. I mean, they definitely did. Especially uh, our captain would read us like what to disclose in media. Cause we still had like, laptops and computers out in our shop and yeah you're not supposed to tell you know where we're at the location and what our mission is but um like that one time when bullshit and i'm like but um so the right is that redacted information i'm gonna have to bleep out (laughs) oh i'm not supposed to say that right don't worry i'll bleep it out Fine. Yeah, but they <laughs> I mean, tell us. They tell us. That. I mean, is that is that stuff sensitive information? Information now, or is that not like anymore? Really? And also, it's pretty. Dude, vague. you can't say that. <laughs> 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 because that that was like two years ago, three yeah. years ago. You don't know if those pesky time travelers will change. Actually, the, 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 you got to bleep that out. Dude. You got to bleep that out. But yeah, just to be. Don't safe. worry, I'll do it. Did but. you feel like you were having a right or left wing agenda pushed on you at all? Not really. I didn't really care what, you know, because I don't really like talk to like people outside to tell them like information. And then domestic anything. events, they yeah, weren't domestic, like yeah. too detailed about that for your no, they're not military really. experience. Military was, like, was directly affected. You cannot you tell because there's, there's this uh, phrase that we say in, in the military, especially for the Navy loose lips sink ships. Oh, yeah. Got to be careful with what you post. And people post these things online and they get in trouble. Yeah, I get that. You really got to be careful with that yeah, guy loose. And lips. I don't. <laughs> yeah. What an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> what a dick, dude. Why is he, he just goes around and sinks ships? <laughs> Fucking loser. <laughs> I think your conversation prior to this, though, is just make sure that you use your brain and think critically. Yeah. And yeah. don't get caught in an echo chamber because yeah. it doesn't mm-hmm. do you any good. 
And that's easy. Yeah. Easy to find yourself in those scenarios where you're just like, you're on a, on a forum where people think like you, and so you're not going to get the heavy critical thought that you really need sometimes. Mm-hmm. Reddit. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True that. I mean, I, I, it's like I love Reddit, but also like I hate it too. Yeah, yeah. I agree. With it's it. just yeah. like it's so easy to get caught up in like, R slash politics. Oh my god! There's just so, <laughs> so much, dude. Just yeah. from seriously, it. yeah. Politics world. is useless at this point. There's so much arguments. Like here, let's do. Let's like, take out some of this negativity, like we were practicing or like we were preaching. Let's practice it. Let's do some shout outs then. Okay, okay. You well, you. I okay, fine. I shot. I shat it out. You shat <laughs> it out. My shout out is to all my homies who checked in with me regularly during quarantine to see if I'm okay. Thanks for making sure I didn't go crazy. Hell nice. Yeah. You got anybody, anybody or anything you want to shout out? We just do this like every episode. Last time I shout out at like, yeah, whatever. If you want to shout out like the toilet paper that you wiped your ass with today, then go for it. <laughs> Last time I shouted out Domino's Pizza. Oh, you're trying to get sponsorships? <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to get sponsorship. They'll, they'll come eventually. Uh, shout out to those people who are essential workers. Okay. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Very nice. Putting your lives in line. Yeah. Cool. I know. While we get in oh, yeah. line. <laughs> Dan. We get- Dan, you got a shout out? I don't know myself hell yeah, hey, yeah. yeah. self-care self-care <laughs> now wait i like to do this too where are we what are we throwing under the bus this week oh yeah <laughs> is there a segment oh, there? I, okay, I could throw somebody under the bus yeah throw it fuck all the people who wow my voice is cracked for the seventh Whoa. time this episode <laughs> fuck all the people that are threatening dr fauci He's been the head of the, the multiple de- administrations. Yeah, yeah, multiple administrations. And who the fuck thinks that they know more than the guy who's literally done this for most of his career, who went to school? Like, I've seen so many videos of candid conversations of people going, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to question your credentials. Like, there's this whole, I think, Florida town hall. Of course, it's fucking Florida. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, Florida. yeah I knew. I'm not the only one who thinks but that. There was no, a, definitely not. There was this it's town hall thing, where, yeah. like, People, some Florida residents were like berating whoever their uh, government officials locally were. And they were like, you can't make me wear a mask because it's <laughs> it's infringing on my rights. Yeah, and yeah. God intended for us to breathe pure oxygen. First of all, all the carriers, are you not dude. breathing pure oxygen? <laughs> I'm pretty sure you haven't been breathing enough oxygen because your brain functioning. <laughs> hey, hey, sick bird, dude. But like. This is this is totally going into like go, go, me go, go, reading go, go, go. about the news I'm, and being negative, right? Fuel <laughs> the fire, but like <laughs> throwing throw some gas propane. in it. When when I saw these headlines Pro, about like propane. of Fossey like having his family and his own personal well being threatened, it's like fuck you, like. Mm. Go out and catch the Rona, and then come back and tell us how credible you think all the science and data that we've had I'd also up like to this to, point has backed us up. I'd also like, like to add that Fauci was the he he is was the Fauci, guy, Fauci right? Fauci I don't, I don't because know. it's uh, Italian, isn't it? I don't, no, know. I don't know. Anyways, he yeah, was the guy, fingers. He was the guy. <laughs> Fauci. Fauci. He was the guy behind. He led the HIV uh, research as well. Yeah, he's that guy. Damn. This guy is like the guy of guys in the medical world, you yeah. know. And so like, so so shout out. Second homie shout out to Dr. <laughs> Fauci because homie shout out. He's That's doing like an extra thing. He's doing God's work in the middle of an extremely oppressive administration and in the face of adversity from adversity, <laughs> adversity from so many people who are fucking stupid and think they know better than him, but really don't. Mm-hmm. So, I don't understand what the hate is too. He's just like he's relaying information. You dude, know, it's just, I guess the one thing that I actually I heard about was that his initial take on the masks he was saying yeah, that they're I only about that. for yeah. like if you're dealing with somebody with corona yeah. then the mask will be helpful otherwise yeah. we don't need it. but um what i heard was that that was just a cop out because we didn't have enough masks at the time to meet the demand mm-hmm. so they pretty much lied to us saying that we didn't need masks in that capacity because we didn't have the demand for it okay. whose fault is that though I mean, that's maybe not Fauci directly, but he's still the guy who still said it. Yeah, person who said it. Yeah, yeah. so he's part mm. of the lie. Yeah, and I guess that does kind of diminish the credibility when you are caught lying. Yeah, that does diminish credibility, but mm-hmm. also like there. And this is a really interesting argument. Just like the fact that coronavirus is so new. Yeah, that you can't yeah, really say too much about it. Without, maybe it's without his it, only choice. Without it changing. Yeah, I don't know. I think like that definitely hampers the credibility of what they're saying on this because I mean, you know, truthfully, nobody knows as much as we need to know about this virus True. as it's happening. 
But also, if I'm going to put my bets on anyone, like giving advice, I'm going to put it on him. You know, okay. the leading disease expert yeah. From, in yeah, the White fair. House. You know? That's another interesting thing, too, to talk about how much more information we've learned about the virus itself since the since beginning. It started, okay. I mean, I'm not a medical expert myself, so I can only pretty much regurgitate the stuff that I've seen. But based on what I've seen, it, it was originally designated as respiratory disease, which it has obviously implications on respiratory health. Yeah. But I've also been seeing recent articles about how it impacts, um, like the, you can develop like blood clots and yeah. stuff. And Ooh, that's what we're I mean, kind of starting so. to learn about the long-term effects. Yeah. Um, long-term as in only the couple months that it's been out. So who knows, like further down the line, right? But there are other aspects of it that are starting to come to light because we've had a little bit more time to research about it. So that's... Scary, but also interesting and also necessary to learn how to fight this thing better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's kind of terrifying, if I'm honest. Well, yeah. He's making progress of the researchers. Yeah. Have I think I think people are I think we're really pushing for a uh, for a vaccine sooner rather than later. Like, I mean, I say that as if it's not obvious, but mm -hmm. I think they're really pushing for something like that. Because normally the, I've heard that the process for developing a vaccine is like, you know, a little over a year. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, and they're, year. they're really trying Clinical to trials and all that. Yeah. Stuff, and yeah. they're really trying to push it through with it, like before the year's end reasonably. I, I understand why they would want to do that. It's, it's kind of crazy what pressure can, can do to the, uh, yeah. for, to, to, to progress. Equality. Right? Yeah. yeah. And equality too. It's kind of just like the longer this thing goes on, the more antsy and desperate that we get. Mm -hmm. Understandably so, because I mean, Look at the mental state of everyone around us when it was only one month into quarantine, and where we are now. I mean, we've then already... you had then you had everyone uh, you had everyone with guns storming uh, like federal office. Buildings. Yeah, I was Ooh. just about to talk about that. How you remember how we were talking earlier about how just being isolated goes against kind of our our communal uh, human nature. Human yeah. nature yeah. that coupled with everything else going on has kind of spurred the movement towards all these other societal issues. Like obviously the protests that have been going on in the U S and other places too, like Hong Kong, that's still going on. I think the fact that everyone was quarantined and a lot of people were laid off of their jobs. So they have more time on their hands that coupled with the fact that you're isolated and have more time on your hands meant people have more time to protest. Ooh, so yeah. it's kind of just like a whole bunch of different factors coming together at the perfect time, creating a perfect storm and it's setting all these things off all at once. And that's why we're kind of seeing all these things going on, which I also have to mention a lot of the protests and riot stuff has kind of fallen out of the news cycle. Mm -hmm. But I think we've mentioned this before on other episodes where just because the news isn't currently reporting on certain events or that they don't have it at the top of their headlines doesn't mean that those things aren't happening still. Ooh. Because there are still protests going on especially with the coronavirus stuff coming into the limelight. A lot of the Hong Kong protest stuff fell out of the limelight. It's still coming up every now and then, but I remember that being the big news, worldwide news focus. And now that everyone's preoccupied with the coronavirus, it's kind of like attention has been taken away from one thing and has all been focused on the other thing. Yeah, There's still all these problems going on around the world, but again, that's just on us as individuals to, like you said, do your due diligence and check what's going on around you to see all right, what's happening here? What's happening here? I mean, and making like, sure that you're yeah, not news relevance is zeroed in. Like, shouldn't be like catered to the what's on the big right. news. But for me, that's, that's basically part of the problem is that news relevance heavily plays into uh, profit margins, mm -hmm. especially when you're a news company that profits off of the reporting things like this. You know, and so I just feel like they're not going to continuously report on something that is continuously happening because they're not going to be making any money doing that. Yeah, people will get bored of it. Yeah, yeah and so it's it's really tough because you run into the problem of now the major news cycles aren't covering this and you only have local cycles covering it, but then you have to question you have to question the credibility of local cycles covering things. And so it becomes just an added problem that you have to deal with as a viewer and as a like as as a citizen, right? Mm -hmm. And 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 then too you're also having to deal with multiple issues compound on each other. Like how much stress is that to deal with? And this is so, this is coming from like a very privileged place, but like how much stress is that when you're trying to manage all of these things that are happening, right? You're managing human rights violations in, in China. You're, man, you're trying to manage Hong Kong. You're managing human uh, rights violations in America. You're trying to manage the riots and the protesting. You're trying to manage the political cycle. Uh, the election that's coming up, all the things that China are happening. China and India, it's too. So, yeah, China and India, Apple moving all of its stuff from China to India, but not really. And and all these things that are happening with uh, the end of end-to-end -end encryption and all of these things about the internet. It's crazy how, much, how many things you have to remember and just keep track of. And really, 
I believe that we as humans only have a finite amount of energy to give towards certain things. To end with, yeah. Yeah, seriously. And so like it becomes overwhelming to the point where we're working to survive. We're doing all these things so that we're, we don't get laid off on our ass if mm. things go south and trying to make sure that we have enough money to keep going on. But then we're also worried about all these things happening in the world. But then like, do we have enough energy to actually give to all these things? Mm. And I think for a lot of people, like, you know, myself included, it becomes overwhelming just because... I don't know. I don't have all the energy in the world to put to this these problems that I cannot solve. Right? Because yeah, life's hard enough on its own, just living it right. by, <laughs> on your own. Yeah. Trying to make it work, you know. Like you're already doing so many things, and now you got to deal with all the bullshit that's happening around you too. And then you have to deal with all the bullshit people too that are happening around you. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that we're at a very like precarious point mm. where there's so many things that we have to keep track of if you want to be informed and if you want to be part of it. And so many people are just finding that it's easier to just log off of it and to stay away from these things and to not talk about them. And really, I think that talking about these things and hashing them out and remembering them, like how often do we think of Hong Kong nowadays? We've got our own domestic problems and Hong Kong's kind of fallen into the wayside. Right. When, when still, I think recently what I heard was like, China is uh, basically disenfranchising their election, right? Did mm-hmm. you hear about that? Yeah, Russia did too. <laughs> yeah, really? I mean, I mean, it's insane what's happening around the world, and we just have we're kind of powerless to do anything because we have no energy to give to it, and we have no actual like solutions to these problems. Yeah. Nothing that helps us in the in the in the you know sooner rather than later. Right. That's the other thing I think is uh, there's no clear track as to how to solve a lot of these things. Their solution, if it exists, is so nebulous and spread among multiple factions and other people that it's hard to coordinate, if at all, you know, a focused effort into solving these things at all. It's already hard enough to find, like, a straight facts version of something, right. you know? Ooh. You know, it's already hard it's enough to Facebook. try. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's hard to try and track Fake down news. everything that's happening because you got to sift through everyone's opinion about it and then try and figure out what's opinion and what's fact. What actually happened? How am I supposed to feel about this? And then your information and how, how you feel about something is informed by multiple contexts. And that becomes hard to take care of as well, right? Yeah. And so, like, it really is just this big nebulous mass of things that are interconnected in some ways but not in others. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the truth is, there are a lot of assholes out there who are taking advantage of the situation and that they realize that a large portion of the population is exhausted from all this stuff going on, that they take advantage of these people and acknowledge that, all right, they're in a mental state that's not the best, so how am I going to use them to spur my own profit or agenda or whatever? And like in some cases, you see it working, right? So it's tough being the average citizen, on the other hand, who doesn't have the power necessarily to see a uh, a tangible effect right away because that becomes the issue of having your fellow peer coming alongside with you to make the impact bigger and that's hard to do when everyone else is tired yeah i guess the question becomes like what can you do at the individual level like how can you right. like bear your own burdens like i guess we got all these things going on in the world so what's the solution yeah and i guess the only thing at least maybe that i can think of is that you have to Bear your own burden, you know, Yeah. as an individual. The, the only thing you can really have an impact on is yourself. Mm-hmm. So there's, a, there's a sort of uh, a principle that goes along with this where when you have all these things coming up, it might just be better to do exactly what you can do, you know, mm. and to think of that in a positive light, you know, and if that means like you can't protest because you're afraid of the coronavirus, a very real thing. Yeah. Um, if instead of protesting, you donate, then that's what you do and that's what you like to do. Or mm-hmm. for instance, if you... Uh, if what you do is you end up talking to a friend who you know has questions about these sort of things, or you have questions and you reach out and ask, then that's all you do. You know, if expanding your worldview is all you can manage to do, then that's what you should do, right? Yeah, educate. Mm-hmm. If that's all that you can muster up within yourself, then yeah, I think that's a worthwhile endeavor. And so there's the opposite effect of, you know, it's important not to think of anything as being too small, right? Anyways, yeah, that's good stuff. Though, yeah, let's do one more thing. Let's go our predictions around the table about what we think is going to happen, and let's see, let's see how they hold up in the next few months. Who wants to go first? I don't know. This is tough. <laughs> I personally, okay, I'll go first. <laughs> I, I think that I think that Roan is going to be around at least until early next year. Where I think quarantine is going to extend itself into early next year, pretty much as it is now. Hopefully, I'm hoping that some businesses will stay open. I think that we're we're going to have the added bonus that 
we've done wave one, we can manage wave two by doing certain things differently. So I'm, I'm hoping that we don't wreck the economy by closing everything. Mm. I hope that we're able to keep certain things open, but using capacity rules and then using like, you know, you don't serve people without masks. There's more, uh, you know, at the entrance of every business, there's hand sanitizer. There's preventative things that are practical and easy to do that we can use to keep things open. Mm. I think that closing things is really, really not good for the economy, as we've seen. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as much as like, it doesn't really affect us because we've got money in different places that'll just rise and fall with the mores of the economy, it's necessary for lots of people to keep working and to keep jobs so that they can keep paying things, you know? And so hopefully businesses can retain some sort of normalcy and serve people even as the coronavirus quarantine maintains itself. I also think that schools are going to be doing mostly hybrid, if not completely closed for this fall semester. Dang. Yeah. Okay, my prediction is that stonks going up. (laughs) They inevitably will. They They, have have to go at some point. Yeah, if they survive the quarantine, they're going to survive anything, man. What the heck can stop it? Like, what what would be worse for this country? Maybe if we go into a war or if... Or <laughs> the rioting gets even worse. Like, oh, knock on wood, dude. I, I <laughs> guess. I mean, I guess it's a possibility, you better, you better but oh yeah, this table and knock on it. Because <laughs> is this wood. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But from what it looks like, the stonks might be just going up. It's and then yeah, that's my prediction. So that's why B- I think, buy and hold. Yeah. Invest incrementally. Yeah, yeah. Invest incrementally. Don't worry Over about time. the. Don't worry yeah. about the short loss. Yeah, don't wait yeah. it out. <laughs> Despite the ups and downs, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. Look at, the, look at the look at the look at the general trend, not general the uh, trend, yep. not the data points. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. From the look of it, I don't think this coronavirus is gonna go away like anytime soon. No. It's I think new services will like generate because there are businesses that close, right? And yeah. then I feel like there's gonna be new services in the future that will generate for for people's demands. That's my th- my mm. take on it. And whatever that is, yeah, it, it'd be a cool thing to have. Whatever it is, it's gonna be. Or at least in that vein, different, like new protocol, you know? Yeah. Like there, there'll definitely be a new protocol for th- getting things done, you mm-hmm. know? But yeah, I that's it. That's my prediction about it. Mine's kind of the same thing. I was going to say something similar to that, where people will have to adapt, or businesses and such will adapt more heavily to our current situation, whether that's like be remote or offer no touch or whatever type services for food. Maybe the um, drone thing from Amazon will actually come Maybe, true. yeah. Maybe <laughs> that'll start taking off. I mean, this is kind of like a forthcoming, but maybe it'll push uh, the driverless car scenario. Ooh. You know, because, yeah. because I mean, think about it. Like Uber and Lyft, they can't work in this sort of scenario. If cabs can't work, mm-hmm. you know, you've got, there's too much potential for spreading via cab drivers and cabs, right? Like, so I don't know. Maybe that, maybe, you know, it'll push adaption out of necessity. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say we're all going to wake up from the simulation that we're all currently living in. In three, two, one.